good stuff. Just want to say I've been so excited about what's been happening in uh, TO. TO is our our youth ministry. Yes, and uh, what's been happening in Citizen over the last couple of weeks. Oh, I thought TO brought it a little bit more than Citizen there. Uh, okay, and uh, just I mean, like guys, seeing over 200 young people, uh, 18 to 30s, gather um, on a, on a, uh, each week is just amazing. It's absolutely wonderful. We thank God. We thank God for that. In fact, we've got um, we've got a bit of a an event. This where's get a microphone to this man. This is Mark Ritchie. What's happening this What's happening this week, Mark? So we can pray for you. Ah, this is exciting. So you don't need to stand up. You I don't need to stand up. No, no, I'm joking. I'm joking. Let me sit back down always, again. You don't always sorry. have to go for the yeah, platform. Oh, you don't always have to go for the platform. You're right, Pastor Malcolm. All right, it's a privilege to serve you. Um, yeah. So is it okay to stand up? Yes, like go you. on, stand up. So basically, it's exciting because we want to get a resource that's for people who have first just immediately made a response and we're going to do it in the style of a chat show. So I'm basically going to be playing a part as Graham Norton. And wow. we've got, yeah. Um, but I not, think you'll be very good. I don't know what you mean by that. And uh, <laughs> we're going to have like three guests. And we're, um, uh, Sadara's one of them. And we've got other people coming in. It's going to be an amazing time. And we're going to film it live here on Tuesday. Wow. It's going to be lots of banter, lots of fun. But we want truth to come out. And at the end, we're going to have a resource that's going to be great to go all over the country. So UCB are going to be filming it, and then they're going to be showing it globally. So if you want to be in the world, and maybe you're looking for a boyfriend, then come on Tuesday because it is going to be awesome. Your face is going to be everywhere. And, uh, and that's not the point, and come for Jesus as well. So the thing is, I'm going to stop now, but it's going to be amazing, and we're going to be filming on Tuesday. So please come. It'll be great. Amen. Amen. That's a fantastic project. Yeah. Fantastic. Please uh, think about praying about that success, success to it. It's a fantastic opportunity. And uh, yeah, really exciting that we, we all get opportunity to be part of that. So uh, amazing stuff. Here we are serving Sunday. And uh, I know that like you got to, you got to, feel my pain here because it's like I'm coming to preach into an environment where you're thinking that it might as well be titled Guilt Trip Sunday because it's like people are coming right just brace yourself we just need to get through this meeting right now it's going to be all right it's going to be over soon it's going to be over soon it's going to be over soon turn to someone and say it's going to be over soon because that's kind of how we approach the whole subject of, of serving and, uh, and I'm hoping to, to change your mind because this is not about taking you on a guilt trip. That's, that, you know, that they, they don't work. They don't work. Um, but I hope to challenge you and I hope to in, inspire you. I mean, already we have a church with some phenomenal uh, volunteers uh, some of them serving, as you heard, for decades in some cases. And, and we thank you and salute you in that. But today, unashamedly, I'm here to speak to you about serving. Because this is more than church. This is about life. It's about 
It's about life, and I'm hoping that by the end of it, you will understand what I'm saying and, and, and see where I'm, I'm, I'm coming from. I think that, you see, especially with a, a church like this, someone can say, well, you know, why, why do we even need a Sunday like this? I mean, we've got a staff, I mean, by many uh, situate compared with many situations, we actually have a reasonably uh, large staff. You know, why, why do you need us? Well, that's partly because we, we are not, uh, the church is not a staffed organization asking for a few volunteers. It's a volunteer organization that, that has a few staff. It's, 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 it's something that we work, will only work if we understand that we are a volunteer organization. And that actually serving is part of a way we outwork our walk with Jesus. You see, Paul wrote to the Ephesian church. Uh, you can read that in Ephesians chapter 4. I'm going to read from the message version because I just love the way it puts it here. It says, He handed out gifts of apostle, prophet, evangelist, and pastor, teacher um, to train Christ's followers in skilled servant work, working within Christ's body, the church. Now, what what the church has tended to do is sensationalize and give uh, uh, the, 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 the platform to the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the pastor, and say, hey, you do the job. You're, 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 you're the superstar. You're the anointed one. You're the called one. You do the job. And, and it's a complete wrong way of doing it. Sure, Jesus gives gifts by his spirit to the body. There are certain people who carry certain anointings. That is Christ's gift to the church. But that doesn't mean they do all the work. Now, you can't be quiet on me today, all right? But it's just an understanding that some of us, you see, we, we, we hear of a gift of evangelists. We say, great, we'll get the evangelists. We need some evangelism doing. We'll bring in the evangelists. Now, of course they've got an anointing. Of course they can release an anointing. But they're not, an evangelist isn't only there to see people saved. An evangelist is there to release faith in the body so that we see people saved. That would also be true just to really blow your mind. That's also true of a pastor. Because too much of church is like, well, you're the pastor, it's your job. But in Ephesians 4, pastoral ministry isn't just there to do all the pastoring or the caring. They are there to release faith in the body so that the body will care for one another. It doesn't mean that the pastor just comes and preaches a message and goes on holiday the rest of the week. But it means that we're there to release faith, to, to bring the body to maturity so, so that we train Christ's followers in skilled servant work, working within Christ's body, the church, until we're all moving rhythmically and easily with each other, efficient and graceful in response to God's Son. Fully mature adults, fully developed within and without, fully alive like Christ. See, another version, of the, another version talks about bringing a body to maturity. The part of the role of the spiritual gifts is to bring the body to maturity. So a mature thing is that you carry 
responsibility. Part of maturity is carrying responsibility. Just, I, just feel, I want to, I don't want to embarrass you, but I just want to encourage you. Feel the Spirit of God just prompting me to say to you, there is reason for hope. There is reason for hope. And I just sense that you've had loads of reason to be disappointed and loads of reason to lose confidence. And, and I just sense um, that even the fact that you are here and that it's, it's like you, you've just kept picking yourself up and you've kept picking yourself up and you've kept picking yourself up. And I just feel the Spirit of God wants to encourage you that you don't have to do this on your own. He loves you. And you've got every reason to look at the future and think, wow, I don't know. I don't know whether it's ever going to get brighter. I don't know whether it's ever going to get better. And I just feel God wants you to know with Him, it not, it not maybe, it definitely is. And He wants to work with you by His Spirit and carve out a future that is far better than you ever imagined was possible. Amen. I just wanted to share that with you. So you see, part of maturity is that you function. It's, you know, we, we, we use the language a lot of family here. That, you know, ho- hopefully as, as, a, as a family matures, as, as the children grow, they learn that they take on responsibility. That when, when the, the little babies that, that you, you don't expect them to carry responsibility in the same way, but, but when they are maturing, part of maturing is that as being part of family, uh, you carry responsibility. Part of, there is a privilege of being part of family, but there is the responsibility part of being part of family. Now, I've said already that the house is dependent on volunteers. A dictionary definition of volunteer is a person who performs a service willingly and without pay. A person who performs a service willingly and without pay. Now here's my problem. You see, there are many organizations, there are, there are charitable organizations that tout for volunteers. And there are many people, far from God, who volunteer for those organizations. They do something willingly and without pay. And, and this is where I have, I have a problem, because I, I believe that as the body of Christ, there is something more than being a volunteer. There's something more than just going through the motion of being a person who performs a service willingly and without pay. Because I don't believe that as, as the body of Christ, we're here just to replicate or emulate the world's system. As followers of Jesus, we are disciples And as a disciple, part of me being 
a disciple is that I serve. Because that, 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 that's, what, that's what Jesus modeled to us. So I think that this is so much more than simply being a volunteer. Because the one we say we serve modeled something to us. And we can, we can uh, see that in uh, the letter that, that Paul wrote to the Philippian people in, in chapter 2 where it says, in your relationships with one another, have the same mindset, which is attitude, as Christ Jesus, who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant. So, it's not just a matter of going through the motions of serving. Jesus didn't just serve. He took the very nature of a servant. The nature of a servant is to do with attitude. It's to do with heart. So serving is not just something that is done, but with the attitude which it, with which it is done. You know, we all know, we all know people, and maybe we've done it ourselves, where we've been asked to do something, and we've done it, but maybe not had the greatest attitude. You know what I'm saying? About six of you know what I'm saying. You know, it, 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 so I, I, what I, what I want to come and talk to you about today is that we are, of course, looking for people, but we're looking for people with the right attitude. Now, one of my other challenges about, uh, with a message such as this is that, you know, you, um, if, if we're coming with one of those take the world messages, then it's easy to get excited and it's easy to get involved. And yet, the reality is, if you truly understood what was being shared here, this is a most powerful message, not only for you here on a Sunday, but for the way you live your life. This is, this is just as powerful of any of, uh, of any of those things. But maybe some of us need a little bit of a shift in our mindset to understand that, that this, this is, this is a, a, a good thing. To, to, to learn to serve, not only in the house, but in life, is, 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 a, is a good thing. It's an attitude. It's a, it's a heart uh, for life that will help you win in life. So that's why attitude is important. Is serving easy? No. Not always. We've already heard it. Kando uh, read the scripture earlier. I'm going to read it again. Galatians 6, 9. Let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Now, why did Paul write and say, do not, let us not become weary? Well, it's actually simple. Because it's absolutely possible to become weary. It's absolutely possible to become weary with serving, 
with having the right attitude, with keeping going, with turning up, with uh, giving your best. It is it's hard work, but we don't do it on our own. That's, we've got the Spirit of God to help us with that, to help us with the right attitude, but, but also to encourage one another to love and good deeds. It's, it's, not, it's not, you know, we, yeah, we've all got the Spirit of God, but we've got the Spirit of God flowing within one another where we encourage one another. Come on, we can do more. We can do more. You know, I was, uh, I've, I've, I've talked to the, the staff a couple of times about that thing, you know, particularly if you're talking about high jump, triple jump, and, um, and long jump, you know, uh, probably they're the most or the pole vault or something like that, but the most common things, where, where before they run to, take, to make their leap, they get the crowd. Because something happens when you do something together like this. It builds, and they use the momentum of this. Now, why? Why do they get why do they get people to do that? Because there is a momentum that is created. They, they, it's a dynamic that's very difficult to explain why they would perform better in an atmosphere such as that. But something happens. They do the same thing that they've done a thousand uh, times. But, but, but something happens. And, and that is actually the kind of environment the church should be. For not just the church, but in our lives, we should be encouraging one another to be the best us we can be. This should be the most supportive, encouraging environment on the face of the earth, not the most critical. Ooh. Shouldn't be the most critical. This, this, should, be the, this should be a safe place. It should be a safe place. It's very easy, very easy. I, I, wanna, I wanted to build an environment where we're not building an environment where we're critiquing one another, but we're encouraging one another to be the best that we can possibly be. Can you say amen to that? So Paul wrote this because it's not always easy to serve. It's not always pleasurable. It's not always convenient. It's not always appreciated, but it is always worth it because there will be a harvest because my harvest is not dependent on you and your harvest is not dependent on me. It's dependent on him. And we need to have faith that the God who sees all things, you know, you, you may be doing some stuff that people don't acknowledge. Maybe you are doing something somewhere in a back room somewhere that isn't glamorous and it's not glorious and, and there's no applause when you step out. But God sees. And He will make sure that you reap that harvest at the proper time. See, I, I think that we need some of us to get a, a different mindset. This this is, this is the kingdom of God, not Downton Abbey. The church is not a place for an upstairs, downstairs mentality. I'm not Mr. Carson serving the Earl of Grantham or Mrs. Patmore cooking for Lady Mary or worse, Daisy doing the fires. 
Some of you are thinking, what on earth is he talking about? But this is a not an us and them mentality. You know, we've got many cultures represented in the room, but there's one, if there's one thing about British culture is that classes, they know about classes. It's about the, 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 they're very class aware. And, and, and church is not an environment for that. They, they, let me tell you, in the kingdom of God, this is a classless society. In this room, this is a classless society. There's no one better than anyone else. In Jesus, we are the same, young, old, educated, uneducated, rich, poor, no matter where you grew up. Here, you're not defined by the house you live in or the street that you live in or the part of town that you live in. Here, you are defined by the fact that Jesus loves you, Jesus saved you, and every single one of us in this room, no matter where you're from, you needed Jesus, or you need Jesus. We, 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 every one of us needed a Savior. Every one of us need a Savior. So, you know, that, that kind of upstairs, downstairs, classist mentality can, can play very easily to that, you know, oh, well, you know, I don't want to be taken advantage of. You know, I was brought up in that environment. You know, I was brought up far from God, you know, in a household that was not famed for its desire to serve. You know, in fact, it was drummed into us, you know, don't, don't let people take advantage of you because people will always try and take advantage of you. And it causes you to try and live life on the back foot and, and, and protecting yourself because, you know, even if you want to do it, you don't want to be taken advantage of. Serving was not part of the culture I was brought up in. But coming to Jesus means that something changes. Some of you are incredible. You, 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 you've just got that attitude. You've got an amazing servant attitude. And, and I love that. But you know what? I had to learn that. It wasn't something that came naturally or it wasn't something that came easily to me. I had to, I had to come to church and I had to learn how to serve and I had to learn to serve with the right attitude. I had to learn that not only was it that people, uh, that be careful people don't take advantage of you, I had to learn people will take advantage of you. It's not if, they will. And I had to learn to be okay with that. Why? Because Jesus told me to. And the way I learned to serve with joy was that I served until I did it with joy. I kept serving until I did it with joy. You see, at the end of the day, it's much more about your attitude than it is about the serving. You know, Tando was talking about giving there. The Bible tells us a lot about giving, but it tells us a lot about the attitude of giving. And in fact, you can actually cancel out the power of your giving by your attitude. So, so it's not just that I'm doing what I've been asked to do. It's how I'm doing it that is also important to God. Why? Because that's about your heart. God is concerned about your heart. And 
I think Luke puts this amazingly well. He, say, he says this in Luke 6. He says, here's a simple rule of thumb for behavior. I mean, this is talking to us. This is not just somebody else. This is every single one of us who consider ourselves a lover and follower of Jesus. Here's a simple rule of thumb for behavior. Ask yourself what you want people to do for you. Then grab the initiative and do it for them. If you only love the lovable, do you expect a pat on the back? Run-of-the-mill sinners do that. If you only help those who help you, do you expect a medal? Garden-variety sinners do that. If you only give what you hope to get out of it, do you think that's charity? The stingiest of pawnbrokers does that. I tell you, love your enemies. Help and give without expecting a return. You'll never, I promise, regret it. Live out this God-created identity the way our Father lives towards us generously and graciously. Even when we're at our worst, our Father is kind. You be kind. That's Bible. That's us. That's us. It's about our... This is... This is about doing life in a different way. This is, this is what will send a message to the world. We do church in a certain way. It's not the way. It's a way. We do it our way. We're authentic to what we believe God has said to us. We, you know, we... We have some lights, we have the music in a certain way, we have the haze machine mostly in the evening, we pump it up a bit, you know, we're, we're doing things in a way that people coming from the outside might be able to relate to. But we're nowhere, I mean, it, this, it can't be just this. Because the, the reality is right now the world's doing it better. I don't like that because I think we should be leading the way. But right now, that's where we're at. The world. If you want lights, if you want special effects, if you want music, well, the, world, the, world, the world's doing it. You can go anywhere to get that. But what we've got is something different. We'll keep doing it as excellent we can where we are, and we're going to get better and better. But it's not about that. It's about our heart and about our attitude that is going to win people over. That's what it's about. That's what's going to make it different. It's not about trying to impress with stuff. We'll do that, but, but it's, it's about when we are authentic and when we're being something from the heart, how God would want us to be, then, then that is what's going to speak to people. You know, Matthew said this in Matthew 20. He said, Jesus called them together and said, you know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them and their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Instead, Whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. See, Jesus, Jesus was able to serve because he knew who he was. He knew he was loved. He knew he was accepted. He knew he was in the Father. So he didn't need anybody else to become less. So he felt more. 
He didn't need it. That's why he was able to stoop down and wash the disciples' feet, taking the job of the lowest servant in the house. He was able to do that. Why? Because he knew he was the Lord, because man hadn't given him that. God had given him that. So he could, he could take that position and not feel less and not feel used because he knew he was in God. He didn't have to prove himself by staying at the table. Whereas that was not true of the disciples who were all sat around knowing that everybody needed the feet watch and thinking, well, I'm not doing it. I did it last time. Can't do it every time. It's, a, it's about time somebody else did it, you know. Somebody else needs to learn to serve. It can't just be me. can't just be me. And Jesus called them out on it and showed them something different. See, I I think this, this is not just an attitude for church. It's an attitude for life to learn to to serve. If you know, if you you want to, what does Jesus say there? He said, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. You must learn to serve. Because there's something that's produced in you as you serve. I know that some of us, we want to believe, we want to go for these, you know, let's, let's get rich quick. Let's, you know, let's get promoted quick and, and, and all that sort of thing. Listen, we, I, know that, I know those things happen. But even the world has a phrase called paying your dues. Even the world has that phrase that has an understanding that things that are are gained quickly can be lost quickly. Because something happens as you learn to serve. You know, we we don't want to build a culture where where we think, well, you can just go, you can just go straight to the top. I don't need to do this. I don't need to go that route. Well, you know what? The world may do what the world does, but the principles of the kingdom of God remain the same. And, and see, I, I believe this. Probably going to upset a couple of you now. But I, I believe, listen, you can go to church. You can pray every day. You can come and worship. You can listen to the words. You can take notes. You can leave straight after the service. And you can do all that stuff. And you will be lacking in your walk with God by doing that unless you've also learned to serve. Because something happens when you serve. Something is formulated in your character. You get an opportunity to work something out and work something through that is incredibly powerful. Church is about serving. That's why you right now are at a service. Because church is about serving. This is a service. And service is called a service because it is an environment in which firstly God serves us. Which is incredibly humbling. God turns up and blesses us with his spirit. And he turns up and blesses you no matter, you, you may not have thought about God since last Sunday. You might not have picked up your Bible once. You might not have prayed once. You might have lived any old how, but God still turns up. And he blesses and he serves. Because his serving is not dependent on your performance. His love is not dependent on your performance. 
But a service is about mutual service. It's about God serving us, and it's about us serving God by serving one another. So, the why behind the what is that Jesus had the attitude that it was better to serve rather than be served. He had that attitude. See, that's, that's counterculture. Because we live in a culture that says, I know my rights. We live in an entitlement culture where, hey, don't you use me. We're watching out that, that we don't mind giving, but not too much. But Jesus called us to be walkers of the extra mile. He called us to be walkers of the extra mile. As someone once said, it's never crowded on the extra mile. And he said that, you know, if, when, someone, when someone makes you do something, well, you go the extra mile. That, that is the heart, that is the attitude that Jesus wants us to have. Now at this house, we've got some amazing people who volunteer, sacrificially give hours of their time each week in the pastoral department, finance department, Heart Nottingham, Cameo, uh, Citizen, TO, Adventure Kids, etc., etc., etc. And that's just in the week. They, they, they come and some people have, 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 uh, take a shorter uh, work, do a shorter working week and sacrifice in order to serve the house. Amazing, amazing. We have people who sacrifice all the time so that we can, we can uh, have the opportunity to come. As, as, as Tando has already said, you know, when we, when we come here on a Sunday, we don't have to get a chair out. The chairs are laid out. Why? Because someone's given up their time on a Saturday to come and lay out chairs. We have the opportunity to come and worship, but the reason we have the opportunity to come and worship is because people have been here since 7 o'clock in the morning. Setting up, they've also had practice sessions in the week to bring, to serve with an excellent worship experience. And that, that is, that is a, a value, it is a, a heart attitude that we are, we are seeking. Twice a month, people serving in Adventure Kids, and people have done it uh, week in, week out, month in, month out, year in, year out. Absolutely phenomenal. So what this is about, basically, is to inspire and to encourage us that, that this is not just, oh, you know, come on, guys, I'm, I'm going to beg and I'm going to bow and I'm going to scrape just trying to get a few of you to sign up. No, because I'll be honest with you, I don't believe I'm here to make a big ask. Because for the majority, with a few exceptions, for the majority particularly in regard to Sunday, all we're asking is one morning, two morning services or two evening services once a month. Once a month, once a month, 12 times a year, that is it. And I don't believe that that is a big ask, particularly when you consider, so like if you're talking about um, uh, a morning, uh, about five hours, if you're talking about an evening, probably just under, but and you say, five hours? I didn't realize I was working that long. Um, but that is, in the, that is in the context of a world where on average, people will watch 100 hours of TV a month. On average, an internet user 
will spend 32 hours a month on social media. And I think for some people that is like quite low. 32 hours a month. So we're and yet we're talking about five hours to come and serve in the house of the Lord. That's just to bring a bit of perspective. The benefits of serving as I get to outwork something Jesus has asked me to do. I get to worship in a different way. I get to make new friends. I get the opportunity to contribute something greater than myself. I get to be part of something that will reach the city and influence the nation. And I get to feel amazing because it always feels better to give than to receive. And that's all great. All that great, all good Bible, yeah. But it's so, what I'm believing for is so much more. What I'm believing for is so much more. I, I, I want you, I want to inspire you to help us build something that will blow people's minds. I, I, I'm believing to build a culture in this house where you will never have to preach sermons on servanthood because the culture will preach that every week. It will just be the, the, the loudest sermon ever spoken will never come from the platform. It will come from the culture that you are out working. And it will just become the obvious next step for anyone joining us. I'm believing that we'll have waiting lists to get on teams. Because actually we don't have capacity in the teams because, because we, 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 for where we're at right now, you, you're gonna have to go on a waiting list. But such is the hunger and desire to be part. Why? Because they get it. They, they understand that as I lend my hand to this, as I am helping to build this, I'm not only building this, but I'm building my life. Something is happening inside of me. Something is happening inside of my marriage. Something is happening inside of my family as we build the house of the Lord together. I, I, I'm believing to, to build a culture that is six star. You say, what are you talking about? Well, I, I believe the world offers five star. The world offers five star. And that is just, to, that is for a bed for the night and food. So if I'm going to get a five star service, firstly, I've got to have a bit of money. So that kind of service you're going to have to pay for. And ultimately, it's only for a bed and for food. I want to suggest to us that as followers of Jesus Christ, we serve the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And as the King, as we serve the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, this house should outstrip every single hotel in the land. Because we are offering a six-star service. It shouldn't only be in a five-star hotel that you're welcome with a big smile and a warm welcome. Those people are paid to do that. I believe that we don't do that. We do that because we're just grateful to be saved and grateful to serve. In a five-star environment, doors open to you. In a five-star environment, everything is laid out with beauty and finesse and excellence. Everything is designed to make you feel special and valued. Everything is designed to impress and make you want to come back. If that is true 
of a five-star hotel environment, how much more should it be true of the house of God? This place should be magnificent and exciting, and not just because of the stuff we have, but because of the heart and the passion so that everyone who comes here will feel loved and feel valued from the upper room to the light room. We create atmospheres and environments that make it easy for people who are far from God to engage with God. That everywhere you go here, people, people who are serving coffee are not moaning about this that wasn't there and the flaskings aren't working, and, but a coffee server, everyone who serves coffee in this house will say, hey, we're atmosphere builders. We're gonna be the best coffee team. Any, I'm gonna be the best coffee server on the planet. Why? Because I'm doing it for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. When I'm, when I'm parking cars, I'm not just parking a car, I'm positioning someone for an encounter with the Holy Spirit. And I'm gonna make their car parking experience so pleasurable that, that they'll be so relaxed and happy that when they get inside the house, they'll be open to God and to, to receive something from Him. I understand that as I serve, I realize that my contribution is as powerful as the preacher and as weighty as the worship leader. We will not allow the world, the culture of our uh, society through um, The Voice and X Factor and Britain's Got Talent will point you towards the platform. And, and, and we must not allow ourselves to understand that, that, uh, that that's what it's all about. Church is not all about the platform. We need it, but you don't only build churches with a decent platform. It will fall apart at the seams if you haven't got the infrastructure. We've got to work together. I want to build something so powerful that people from the hospitality industry will be calling us and asking, can we send some of our people down to learn how you do it because someone was at your place and they just saw something. Uh, is there any way you could offer some training? Why not? Why, why should not the world come to the people of God and, and learn the heart and, 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 and the attitude of service, which I believe is part of being a follower of Jesus? I also see that as family, our teams are opportunity to disciple and to mother and father. We've got people who've got all kinds of stories in regard to their families, but our teams can be an opportunity to, to instill values and to disciple and, and to teach discipline and, and, and work ethic. I, I believe that people are gonna come here far from God, never even worked, but in this environment, they're gonna learn a work ethic and an attitude that is gonna get them a job, that is gonna make them promotable, that, that people can prosper because they've learned some principles by serving in the house of the Lord. Believe it, building a community rather of believers, one heart at a time. Building heaven's culture of giving and generosity. This is heart church, modeling the heart of God from the heart with all the heart. This is not just something we do, it's who we are. God bless you.